I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha. Here we are, Boundless Space Session, the fourth talk, day three. Breathing the sound of the universe, the practice of the five warrior tones. Listening, listening here now, listening to a Dharma talk. There are so many ways to listen. There are so many ways to listen. The first instruction I ever received about hearing a Dharma talk was to continue my Zazen practice and to listen from the heart. If anything I needed to hear, I would hear it, but not to worry too much about all of the content. Another way I've been told over the years is if my mind is really busy and I'm having trouble just going off on my own tangents as somebody's talking, to repeat the words just silently in my mind as a way of mantrically staying engaged with each syllable. Hogan Roshi said when he listened to Harada Roshi's Dharma talks, which were in Japanese, he would listen to the intonation following, staying with, feeling the energy of voice. So you can try those methods as we hear the sounds of words, um, because words can often bring us back up into the mind and we start thinking of ideas and our own associations. So staying in the body, sitting in the spine, feeling rooted, letting sound be part of the experience of your zazen. Let words be part of the experience of your zazen. We are sound. We are vibration and space. I exhale through these vocal folds that buzz, tongue, shapes, syllables, space, and air molecules mix to carry the vibration of my breath to you. Where do you hear these sounds? Where do you hear these sounds? When we were born, the world was pure sound. Trees, lights, walls, mother, heartbeat, breath, all one humming, screaming vibration. Babies sing out wah or ah as we are born, joining our voice in the world of sound. We learn language through association. We learn to make the sounds of our ancestors, our caregivers, we watch and hear and mirror the shapes of mouth and breath. We move our own tongues and breathe our own sounds. We shape the world together through our words, through our language, through our stories. 
we share these stories as we share breath, a communion, a sacred communion, a coming together of body, breath, sound of mind, heart, beating, being, a communion of absence and presence, being breathed, being sounded, resounding in empty space, centerless. Rumi says, listen, listen and feel the beauty of your separation, the unsayable absence. Listen and feel the beauty of your separation, the unsayable absence. I was talking to a mentor of mine recently, and she said, well, meditation is mysterious. There is always closer. There is always closer. Can always hear more intimately, more deeply, feel more closely. What is this gap between the feeler, the hearer, and what is heard. Is there such a gap? Dogen Zenji says, when the truth fills your body and mind, you realize that something is missing. Listen and feel the beauty of your separation, the unsayable absence. Feel Feel the space that you are. The words stop, silence, sink in to the space that you are, the vastness of this universe. You. Me, all beings, absence. Feel that there is nowhere to get to and nowhere to go and nowhere to retreat. Here, the space of your own being, the space of the universe, listen. Listen and disappear into this listening. The universe is cooing to itself. The universe resounding through you. Practice puts us in touch with our longing. We feel the separation. We feel the separation, that's part of this. We point to unity, yet we feel the separation. Chosen Roshi says, intimacy is what we most long for. If I could sum up why I came to practice, it was having experiences of intimacy and that not being my regular way of being. 
intimacy with my own life, with the objects of my life, with nature, a longing for that intimacy, more continuous, a longing not to be just separate. To listen is to hear the sense of separation, the sense of self, the ways we try to divide, divide and conquer our experience to get something else, something better, something more, anything. To want to feel whole. We hear when we listen our own strategies to be good, to be right, to be better, to be best. And we're called because we know that those strategies are not satisfying. We're called to listen below, listen below the sound of our own narratives. The unsayable absence beckons The silence beckons, is actually roaring. Someone said, there is no silence. What is your experience when you let the mind quiet enough, even if it's just for a breath, sink down? Hear, feel this roaring absence. Be pierced by sound, touched by sound. Listen to this world. To know ourselves, to know this world, to know another, we must listen. It starts with listening. All the senses, the whole body, listening. I asked this the first day, and I'll ask it again. Do the eyes hear? Can the skeleton hear? How does this body experience sound? Can sound be seen? Can the ears see? Listening practice invites a synesthesia. Rumi says through Coleman Barks's breath, we are learning a new sight. We are learning a new sense, ear sight. We are learning a new sense, ear sight. Every moment has music. Every moment has music, grass music, bamboo music. Earlier today we had snow music, hail music, floor music, table music, screen music. Do the walls have a voice? What about the flowers outside, the cut flowers on the altar? the plastic flowers. 
the plastic bottles in the ocean, the stones and rocks, the carpet and bowls, can you hear them? Can you hear them, not what you think they are saying? Can you give them space to speak, speak in their own language, to shine as they are? Joan Halifax Roshi ponders in her book, A Fruitful Darkness, will we talk? to mountains and clouds, I ask myself, as our ancestors did. Will we ask the oak whether we should plant a garden near it? Can we hear the voice of the stones? Can we hear the salmon asking us to protect and restore their rivers? Do we understand what the owl tells us in the dark of night, or what the clouds say in their silent script. Can we hear the sounds of the world like Kuan Yin, the Buddhist goddess of compassion? She goes on, speaking in creation's tongue, hearing creation's voices, the boundary of the soul expands speaking in creation's tongue, hearing creation's voices, the boundary of the soul expands. Earth has many, many voices. In this sashin, we are being encouraged to listen, to hear, hearing the sounds of the world listening to the continuous flowing stream of sound, our voice, our thoughts, just part of the stream. No more particular or precious than any other sound. A piece of music being played, the heater, a walk on the sidewalk, Missed footsteps, missed notes, attention dissipated by the sounds of our thoughts. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to give up the beauty, to miss the beauty, the intimacy of wind? Listening is sensual. It's intimate. To hear, just to hear, can be delightful when we let go or let quiet or listen below the minds picking and choosing, wanting something better, trying to get something, fantasizing about future pleasures or past regrets. Listening just to hear can be delightful. Hearing is pure sensation, intimate, immediate, and fleeting. There is always closer. Listen so closely that you forget 
the idea of separation. And so we say and we say again to remind ourselves because the habit of the thinking mind is so strong. Let the mind, let the thinking mind be quiet. Still the eyes when you are sitting in meditation. Relax the throat. Listen to this call towards silence. This is a longer session, so we have the opportunity to sink in a little bit more, to make space for deep listening. Let the eyes still, the throat relax. These are common instructions in meditation and let those proto-thought stirrings quiet. And I give this instruction now and keep trying it. It can be frustrating, yes, but it's possible to let the mind quiet, to let the eyes be still, to let the throat relax. Sometimes I say, Rain in the tendrils of thought. Let the mind quiet and open to listening. Listen with appreciation. Perhaps that can change the quality of your hearing. Listen with appreciation, with soul, the light in your listening. Last night when we were playing the music, I remembered that I can practice appreciation while listening, and it draws me in deeper. Finding enjoyment in listening brings more of ourselves to the task, which makes listening more interesting and gratifying and satisfying than thinking, and so it feeds on itself. Listening invites interest. Yes, we are always hearing, and you may have had the experience during this retreat that you can get familiar with hearing some of the more obvious sounds, like in the Zendo we have the heater. It's a constant kind of drone. So it's like, yes, the mind is tracking the heater and also tracking some kind of thought. And it's doing both not so well. Listening closely requires energy and determination to just turn away from that narrative, to open the hand of thought to get more interested in listening to the subtle sounds, to the tones within the tones of the heater, to the, perhaps the uh, sound in the inner ear, and to stay with the flow of sound. Hogan Roshi's practice right in the beginning of Sashin where we are labeling sounds can help keep the mind alert and stay with the flow of sound 
So you can always come back to that one. Even if it's just a few minutes in the beginning of a sitting period or while you're walking around, you notice the mind is just whirling. Whirl. <laughs> so my word for the heater. Bird sound. Breath. Click. And just come back to the immediacy of sound. During the session, we are also engaging with the practice of toning. Uh, toning can energize our listening and has this great capacity to bring body, mind, sound, attention together, unify, immerse, gives us something to sink into. And it's a body practice. Sound, toning, using the voice is a, a practice that opens the whole body as an instrument of sound and of listening, but also um, we're opening the energetic body, which so many contemplative traditions teach. Uh, practices of breath and sound and chanting and toning uh, to do just that, to allow ourselves to inhabit the body more fully, to inhabit our confidence, to be in the energetic centers, to get to know and inhabit the energetic centers of the body so that we can be more embodied, more alert, um, and more fully alive, really. Sounds resonate in the body as they are breathed out loud on the exhale. It gives us a lot to feel and experience when we're toning. Sounds vibrating in the chamber of space in the body resonate in the chamber of space outside the body. Toning allows breath to occupy more of the body. Breath is our life force. In the Chinese pictogram of the word for breath, which is qi, it's a picture of rice being cooked and the steam from the cooking rice rising. Qi, breath, is vital nourishment. Rice, a staple in the Chinese culture at that time that that pictogram was made, still is. So qi, breath, is life-sustaining. Qi is breath. Qi is spirit. Breath and spirit are one. We have a similar connection in English where to breathe in is to inspire. Breathe in, be inspired. Breathed by the universe, inspired by the universe, animated by spirit. As Rumi says, God picks up the reed flute world and blows through you. God picks up the reed, reed flute world and breathes through you. So we have been toning the five warrior symbols syllables, the five warrior syllables from the Bon tradition of Tibetan Buddhism. 
which we learned from Tenzin Wangyal when he was here many years ago. And this practice focuses on feeling the different energy centers as we breathe and tone the sacred seed syllables at each of those locations. A practice like this gives us a focal point in the body. It invites us to feel the power of inhabiting those energetic centers of the body and open, opening them up gently with our attention, breath, and tone. So I want to read a little bit about what Tenzin Wangyal says about the warrior seed syllables. And then we can practice them together. The seed syllables are the fighters of demons. Therefore, they are warriors. They are the essence of the five wisdoms. They are the antidote to the five poisons. They are the mudra of the five deities. They are these, they are these five, quality, action, body, speech, and mind. Before the development of human language, before the sound of the Ili vowels and the Kali consonants, there was only the sounds of nature, waterfalls, wind, rain. Sound had no conceptual associations. When we trace sound farther back to its very beginnings, we arrive at the pure primordial sounds of the seed syllables. According to the ancient Bon Buddhist tradition, the first sounds that arose from the essence were the five warrior seed syllables. As the quotation suggests, they are called warriors because they have the ability to conquer our demons. The demons they fight are not necessarily evil beings, rather they are the familiar demons of our emotions from which the experience of evil may arise. There are four other classes of demons mentioned in the teachings, some related to karmic forces, others to the subtlest attachment of our own grasping mind. Whether we are troubled by distracting thoughts, having problems with anger, feeling too much desire or attachment, or suffering from karmic-related chronic illness, whatever obstacle or obscuration we have is related to one of these demons. And for every demon, there is a warrior symbol, syllable that can overcome it. The warrior syllables are pure and indestructible. They are able to penetrate through fear and cannot be destroyed by it. They cut through ignorance and open space. They cut through ignorance and open space. They are the doorway to connecting back to the original essence and to the wisdom qualities that arise from that essence. The five warrior syllables are the seed syllables of the five wisdoms. According to the Tibetan Bon Buddhism tradition, the profound empathy of compassion is not enough to bring us to enlightenment. There must also be wisdom. Only wisdom can ultimately destroy the deluded ego that is the source of all of our demons. So throughout this session, we have already 
toned all five of the warrior seed syllables. They are ah, om, hung, ram, and za. Ah, om, hung, ram, and za. Ah, the crown chakra, which is also called the chakra of great bliss. Ah is essence, dharmakaya, space of unchanging nature, pure, pristine awareness. As ah is essence, it is the essence of all experience. All demons, confusion, distraction, fear, greed, and anger have ah, have spaciousness as their essence. Space can be found within any afflictive emotion or confusing mind state. Ah is like sitting on a mountain peak on a clear day, looking into the vast expanse of sky, looking into the vast expanse of mind's nature. Tenzin Wangyal says, when you go deep enough into the experience of spaciousness, all fears are overcome. Ah is the root of all of the warrior syllables. When we chant ah, you can try to tone from the crown, the crown chakra, the top of the head, resonating the crown and the third eye, which is between the um, eyebrows. So you, or you can breathe into the crown on the inhale and then feel the tone, feel, resound the tone with the whole body on the exhale. Oh, I want to practice toning together um, each of the seed syllables. So we'll start with ah. And before we intone, just familiarize yourself with the location. So bring attention, bring awareness to the crown of the head. Feel the topmost point of the head when the spine is straight. And you can imagine, feel into the space of mind. And start breathing into that area of the body. Letting your inhales be full. The instruction for toning in both the Rinzai and the Bon tradition is to have the eyes open with a wide angle gaze. You're aware of the periphery and just taking in the space. So you can try that. Many people also tone with their eyes closed. It's interesting to try with the eyes open and settled again, still. 
And we'll tone and I'll hit the clappers. We'll just do a few tones. So full inhalation. And then notice the effects of toning. Next is Om, the throat chakra. Om is a quality of infinite abundance and warmth. Like the sun shining in a clear sky, pure compassion directed at nothing in particular, Om can bring a sense of fullness or satisfaction, wholeness, completeness. Now breathe into the throat center. Let attention pool in the throat. Taking again deep inhalations. And also becoming aware of what that part of the body feels like. What's it like to inhabit the throat center with attention? And taking one more deep inhalation to the throat. Not, don't need to force anything, just curious attention awareness. And again, notice the effects of toning.
hung, hung. Sometimes people say hum if you don't, if the hung is uh, too difficult for your, your tongue. Hung is the Tibetan hum would be the Sanskrit. Hung is the seed syllable of the heart center, H-U-N-G. The heart center, heart center in the Tibetan tradition is, um, when they talk about heart mind, they point to the center of the chest, pervading in all directions. Feel, breathe into the heart center. And let it feel, experience a pervading in all directions. Heart center manifesting the energy of the four immeasurables, kindness, joy, equanimity, compassion, or just love. I, I find when I let the hung, the ng resonate, it vibrates in the heart center, in the chest, pretty naturally. Tenzin Wangyal says about this, particular seed syllable. It's like sunlight shining effortlessly in all directions. Sense of warmth, boundlessness, deep equanimity, pervading everywhere equally, centerless. Breathing into the heart center Inhabiting the heart center with awareness, with attention. Feeling what it feels like to be that part of the body. Noticing what sensations are there. Then taking one deep inhalation into the heart center. And notice the effects. Is there more energy in the body, more space in the heart center, more silence in the mind? Relax into that openness. Ram is the seed syllable of the belly 
solar plexus, abdomen, like fire, warm like fire, the seat of creativity, joy, confidence, power, strength, the wisdom of the gut. Tenzin Wangyo also reminds that this is the seat of deep laughter, belly laughter, which is usually not self-conscious, but an expression of spontaneous gladness, joy. When we laugh from the belly, it's usually a selfless moment. Ram reminds us that we have the power to protect our happiness, to inhabit our joy, to inhabit our gut-level instincts. Breathe into the belly, the abdomen, the space behind the belly button. And deep inhalation into the belly. And notice the effects. I like that instruction to notice the effects because there might be a slight habit to start to judge or think about what just happened. And it pulls us back into, oh, let's locate back into the heart center or the belly center and just be there. Notice how it feels to inhabit that space now. The quiet of mind that's opened up, the spaciousness that may have opened up. Za is the root, the root chakra, which includes the hara, the space for finger wisps below the navel, and the root, our connection to the earth, the ways that the body is touching the seat. It's our connection to silence, stability, to fundamental deep stillness and peace. Za is spelled D-Z-A, is the phonetic za. But za is, in zazen, means to sit. Za, sitting zen, zazen. Za is our seat, grounded, immovable, the root of embodiment, inhabiting our hara and root we are able to live and function freely in the world without getting knocked around by life's changing circumstances or the poles of the delusions of society or others. Za, we can sit, stand, walk firmly with confidence, sit, stand, walk in our own place, in our own body, in our own skin, from our own center. We can do the work we're called to do in this life, the work that only we can do as unique 
embodied human beings. Oh, breathe into the hara, into the root. Inhabit this space of the body. And notice the effects. We'll continue using those syllables for the sashin. Of course, you can practice them on your own. And when we're not toning out loud, you're welcome to use that practice internally, especially if the mind is um, particularly being distracted and you're not sure what sound to listen to or you're feeling overwhelmed coming uh, home to the body, breathing, feeling the tone in the body, stabilizing attention, unifying body, breath, inner sound. Toning, breathing deep, we're inhabiting, when we're moving through these centers, energetic centers of the body, we're inhabiting the central channel. And these energetic centers are deeply restorative for the body. As we engage this practice, we are stimulating the parasympathetic response in the vagus nerve, also called the soul nerve. This nerve runs from the brain stem down, branching to the pharynx and the larynx and the heart and the lungs and the digestive organs and the colon down the whole spine, connecting major organs and um, our muscles. This nerve, when um, we're in a, a fight, flight, or freeze response, will constrict the muscles and constrict the organs. The, a practice like this calms and balances the body, establishing a sense of peace within the whole uh, major systems of the body which allows us to become more fully home to ourselves, to our body, finding belonging, finding home right here, sense of safety right here. This um, is so powerful, so healing, and so simple. In his book, um, My Grandmother's Hands, which I'm reading, Resma Menekin talks about many of these different practices for healing and restoring the body, like deep belly breathing, toning om, chanting, um, many of the practices that are part of the Zen tradition. So the more we allow awareness to inhabit the body, the deeper and fuller our listening. So these aren't separate. Being embodied, sounding within the body allows for us to settle more deeply into ourselves and to listen more completely from a deeper center. 
which makes our, uh, our hearing uh, more embodied. Hogan Roshi has quoted his teacher Harada Roshi as saying, through Zen practice, we become more truly human. We become truly human. We become more naturally, that was Harada Roshi, that's all he said, become truly human. <laughs> this is me. We become more naturally and more genuinely ourselves. It's a strange thing to think about practice as becoming more ourselves, being more ourselves. And yet I watch people become alive throughout a week of Sashin. Maybe even in the past three days, you feel more alive, more naturally yourself, more embodied. And this happens in Sashin, this happens in a month of residency, years of practice, decades of practice, peeling off the labor, label, layers of reactivity, of distraction, of trying to get something else, be someone else, and settling more completely into this, this. You can feel it when someone is being genuine. I think we all aspire towards being genuine, being true to ourselves, towards truth. When we're no longer controlled by fears or beliefs that we inherited or learned or practiced over decades of life, when we are no longer controlled by our fears or beliefs, freedom, confidence, creativity, openness, compassion, joy, they're embodied and lived naturally in service of and together with all beings and this great earth. I wanna talk just a little bit about the practice of the night. At night, uh, we are going to continue doing a deep listening practice with music in the dark. So that's what we're doing here at the monastery and you're invited to sit in the dark in your own house, turn off your lights if you're able. This is an ongoing tradition with Sound Sashin at Great Vow, sitting in the dark. We can allow the sense of self to relax. Sometimes for those of us who are sitting in a group or around people a lot of our lives, we can carry subtle projections onto others and imagine them carrying projections onto us. Even um, we can carry those projections onto ourselves or onto our own bodies. And it can be that the subtle, like seeing the body feeling like, oh, I end here and everyone else is out there. And even just the dark, not being able to see where this body begins and ends, something can relax. The space of the body naturally, the space of the mind naturally opening to the space in the room, which also doesn't seem to have limits when we can't see the walls as distinctly or the other beings or the furniture. There's this, this sense of vastness that we can relax into. 
And maybe, maybe that also has a tinge of fear that we can explore in the darkness. We're listening to music in the dark, letting sound emerge from the space, the darkness, and feel, hear, see the soundscapes as they open and unwind, allowing attention to sink into each note, each expression of sound. We'll do that every night after formal tea. So we'll have formal tea. We'll have a short break for kinhin, and we'll be turning off all the lights and getting the um, sound system set up so that you can hear the music. And then when the music ends here at Great Vow, Shokan will light a candle and the teachers will leave and that's the end of the night. We'll end in silence, no words. Um, so you're welcome to continue sitting in the afterglow of the silence for as long as you wish. There won't be any ending bell or ending words. And you can carry the silence with you into bed. So may each and every one of us for this session for our lives, realize our aspirations. And may each and every one of us find, discover for ourselves, realize, know true freedom and true happiness. May we each be the genuine self-person <laughs> being that, that we are as complete offering for all beings.